This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. And today we want to focus on caring for the whole person, the beauty of death. And as we anticipate Memorial Day in our country, Archbishop, I thought this would be a beautiful time to just look at how we care for our families, how we honor those that have Mm -hmm. gone before us, and to look at the presence of the church as she cares for uh, her sons and daughters. So as we begin, would you please help us start with prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, your Son Jesus, through his passion, death, and his glorious resurrection, has conquered the enemy, conquered evil, conquered our sin, and has conquered that which some of us fear the most, death itself. So that death no longer is something to be feared, but is seen as our passage from this life to your presence. And so, Father, we ask you to be with us as we reflect today on the the Christian meaning of death and and funeral and burial and how we honor uh, and show our respect for our loved ones. So we place this time in your hands, Father, asking you to lead us and guide us. All this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We continue in this time of the resurrection, and we think so much about the resurrected body. I thought, you know, it's important for us to understand how we view the body, how we view the person. Christ came in the incarnation. This is Mm -hmm. the unique part of our faith is Christ came through the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. So there's something very sacred about our bodies. Absolutely. And so let's talk a little bit about that body and how we should treat and respect it as the church looks at it. Exactly. You know, I, th- I think some some people have <laughs> interesting ideas about uh, the nature of the human person. Who who is the human person, and and what is it, what is our true uh, identity, and 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 how are we composed, if you will? And it's 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 extremely important for us to be very clear that the human person. A human being is not just a spiritual reality, but is also obviously a bodily reality. And so we we say that the the human person is composed of both body and soul together, and together they make up uh, what a, what a human being is. And so this some people have an idea that you know you see it in 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 movies and. 
<laughs> I think even of the uh, probably the great uh, one of the favorite Christmas movies. It's a Wonderful Life. You know, it's a beautiful story and it's very touching and has a great message to it. But they kind of get the whole death thing messed up because you know Clarence, the uh, the, the angel that comes to help uh, George Bailey in the story. Is, is, is a human being who has died and now has become an angel and is waiting for his wings, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's not what happens when we die. Yes, we do become a pure soul spirit at that point, but that's only in anticipation of and waiting for the great day of, of the resurrection at the end of the world where our bodies will be raised up again. So we don't become angels, and we aren't meant to live for eternity without our bodies, but we're going to get our bodies back when the the general resurrection at the end of the world comes. So we need to look at the human person and realize that they're, 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 they're not just a body, they're not just a soul, they're a body-soul unity. It's the soul that gives life, that informs, that fills the body, gives it life, directs it. But But the body is very much a part of what it means to be a human being. We can even say that our bodily creation is part of our image of God. God made, you know, we read in Genesis, you know, let us make man in our own image and likeness, in our own image and likeness, let us make him. So he did. He made man in his own image and likeness. Male and female, he created them. There's something about our bodily uh, creation, the, the, the bodily part of us that is intended by God, is created by God, and in, in some way images God. Uh, so, Yes, we show great reverence and respect for the body. You know, that's why, you know, just in the general moral teachings of the church, we always treat the body with great respect. We, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, our bodies are not our own. They belong to God. We, we're not free to do with them whatever we want or to mistreat them or to think that, well, what happens in the body doesn't really affect the soul. No, <laughs> you know, they're very much interrelated. We live our lives as human beings embodied uh, as, as embodied creatures, a soul, uh, in, but in, in an embodiment. So our, our body expresses also who we are. This is the whole mm-hmm. genius behind St. John Paul II's theology of the body, that the body is not just some extraneous sort of accidental thing. It's very much a part of who we are. So we respect the body. We honor the body. Uh, and, and especially in death, uh, you know, then we treat the earthly remains of a human being with, with great uh, profound respect. Right. And I think about we have the Catholic cemeteries, we have a process of caring for those who are grieving the dying. There's a concern of the body and the soul. So it's we approach the whole person when we approach the death of a loved one, how to care for that family, how to properly care for that body to prepare that body, that person for eternity. And so Give us a sense of the the purpose of our Catholic cemeteries. They're cemeteries that are operated by all different organizations, but the church holds that place very dear to care for the families, to care for a place to remember our loved ones, but to also properly bury so we can remember, but also to send send home, I think, the proper burial. For exactly, exactly. And I think that, you know, we refer to... We to refer to our Catholic cemeteries, we, we refer to it as hallowed ground. Mm-hmm. It's hallowed ground, meaning it's blessed ground. You know, a Catholic cemetery is, is solemnly dedicated uh, for the place of burial for uh, the baptized. 
that these, these are where our loved ones are laid to rest in hallowed ground, blessed ground, awaiting the day of the resurrection. And when a person, when a Catholic is buried in a cemetery that is not a Catholic cemetery, uh, it could be a publicly owned cemetery or it could be a privately owned cemetery, but when they're buried, their grave is blessed. So, you know, technically, I mean, I, we do we do the even when we do a burial in a Catholic cemetery, at least but my practice, you know, I, I bless the grave also. But technically, it, it isn't absolutely necessary because the whole cemetery is blessed. This ground is blessed for burial. Uh, but certainly when it's when a burial is happening in a, in a non-Catholic cemetery, the, the ground is blessed. The, the grave is blessed before the, the our loved one is, is interred and, and, and buried. And it's this whole idea that we treat the, the body of our deceased with the greatest of respect. This body was the dwelling place of the soul. This body was the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this body, um, you know, lived a life in this world. This, this body, uh, you know, received the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist. And that body is going to be raised up on the last day. You know, we, we profess this in the Apostles' Creed. We don't say it in the Nicene Creed, but in the Apostles' Creed, the creed we usually associate with the praying of the rosary, sometimes at Mass, especially during the Easter season, we believe in the, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. And so we, we want to honor uh, that, that body that has been the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, the dwelling place of the Holy Trinity, the, the, the dwelling place of the soul united to that body. And then that's, that's what death is. Death for the human person is the separation of body and soul. The soul lives on, the soul goes forward to judgment and awaits the resurrection at the end of, of the world when that body that we bury will be raised up, glorified, reunited with our soul, and we will spend eternity uh, in that body, glorified. That's why it's important to treat the body in death with respect, and it's not disposable. It's not just like the shell that we can now cast aside and not worry about anymore. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, was embodied. The eternal Son of God took to himself a human nature. The eternal Son of God, who is from all eternity in a moment in time, took flesh and blood from the womb of his virgin mother. He became truly human. He had a human body, and he walked this earth in a human body. He offered that body in sacrifice on the cross for our salvation. That body was resurrected on the third day. That body ascended into heaven, and this is what I want people to think about right now. The body of Jesus Christ, the human body of Jesus Christ, is in heaven right now. Mm-hmm is glorified in heaven. And as is the body uh, assumed of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We're going to spend eternity... In other words, the eternal Son of God, once he finished his his mission of, of salvation on this earth and went back to the Father, went back to heaven, he didn't shed his body. He took it with him. And so in a sense, we are already in heaven. Christ has taken humankind into heaven uh, because he took into heaven his human body, and and that's how we will spend eternity is is in that body. So that's why we bury the body. That's why we respect the body. That's why we treat it with with profound uh, reverence, and we don't just dispose of it. Now, the preference, you know, and 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 I just gotta be clear about it. The preference of the church, from a faith perspective, 
is still for the bodily burial. Mm -hmm. In other words, the church still prefers, although it's become more and more a very common practice to have cremation, the church has not backed away from its preference for the bodily burial, that the body be buried intact as much as possible, given the cause of death or whatever, uh, awaiting the resurrection. It's like you have this kind of image of the bodies laying in rest (laughs) in the earth, uh, awaiting the the resurrection at the end of the world, and those bodies, you know, will will come forth uh, and and be reunited with our souls and purified and, you know, healed of all all illnesses and infirmities and disabilities and and handicaps or whatever it is uh, to be glorified. So that's, that's still the preference now, the church does allow uh, for cremation. The preference even in cremation, though, is that the body be brought to the church for the funeral mass, that, that the body be present, the, the, the physical, the full body of the person be present at the funeral mass as we commend this person in the context of the holy mass to the mercy of God. And then after the, after the funeral mass, then cremation, if, there, if cremation is going to happen, and, and burial or internment. Granted, uh, uh, most people who opt for cremation now, they, they, they do the cremation almost immediately. So it is the it is the cremains that are brought into the church. But there's still the cremains. Yeah. There's still the, 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 the re- human remains of the body intact and in one place. You know, and, and, and that's why the church does not permit, like, the scattering of ashes. Mm-hmm. We have to bury the ashes. If we're going to cremate, even, even there, we bury the ashes or we place them in a... In a, in a a mausoleum of some kind or a, 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 a place for repose of, of cremains so that there's a place. Mm-hmm. The body is in a place. Now, granted, you know, bodies that, that, you know, are drowned or lost at sea or buried at sea even or lost in the wilderness and never found, let's say, you know, granted, we don't bury those bodies because simply because we can't, but the body remains, you know, intact in, in where where it was and, and as even as it decomposes. You know, sometimes we'll do in the grave, of course, with modern techniques of embalming and everything else, you know, that that's going to take a long time. But that's the whole idea is that we don't scatter the ashes as if we're, you know, we're just the, this person now no longer is. Um, we need a place to go. We need a, need a place to visit. Mm-hmm. We need a place to pray. We need a place to remember our loved one and to honor them as as they await the resurrection. We don't, you know, keep them on the mantle place in, in the living room. Uh, we don't put them in lockets and, and things that, that people are doing now. No, we reverently bury them or entomb them in sa- on sacred ground uh, with their brothers and sisters uh, yeah. who are all together await the resurrection. Yeah. And as you mentioned that, Archbishop, it's the, this is sacred ground, and I think sometimes we don't we don't realize. Yes, this is holy ground. We want to go home to where we were created, and that's our heavenly home for something like a Memorial Day Mass. And here in this country, this is an opportunity for us to recognize those that have gone before us, that have fought for freedom in this mm-hmm. country, who have given the ultimate gift, their life in defense of freedoms, mm-hmm. in defense of, of humanity mm-hmm. in our country. Why do we have a more Memorial Day Mass at our Catholic cemeteries? The, the, the importance and the significance of having that time to pray, to remember, and to help with healing and grieving. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's uh, it's wonderful thing to do. I think in our, in our tradition, 
Well, in our Catholic tradition, of course, we have All Souls Day on November 2nd, which is a day we particularly remember our deceased loved ones and particularly visit the cemeteries and, and pray in the cemeteries. We have, we have masses in the cemeteries on All Souls Day, too, uh, when we can. But Memorial Day is this great uh, tradition that we have in our country. It's a, it's a national holiday, but it's also a holiday that the church sort of has very much sort of baptized, if you will, <laughs> Uh, because we take we take the remembrance of our our beloved dead on Memorial Day uh, to kind of a, a different level. You know, you talk about the hallowed ground. You know, I would say probably eight times out of ten when I drive in from my home to to the office, I drive right smack through the ce- the cemetery, Mount Calvary Cemetery. I, I drive right through it with the, the graves on either side of me, and every time I drive through there, I look around. Mm-hmm. You know, and I realize these are these are my brothers and sisters who are going to await the resurrection. So that's why in the cemeteries, where our loved ones are laid to rest, where they are awaiting the resurrection of the body, we celebrate there the Holy Mass on Memorial Day because it's like this whole, it's the communion of the saints. And that's the image I like to get in my mind. And we talk about the communion of the saints in the church. Those are the, those still on earth, those who have died uh, some in purgatory, some in heaven, who are, are awaiting the consummation of everything at the end of time. But we're united to them. So when we gather in the cemetery, the church on earth, what we used to call the church militant, still working out our salvation, the church on earth gathers as a community, as part of the body of Christ, in a cemetery with the remains, the bodies of our brothers and sisters who have passed to the other side but are very much still a part of the church and part of the communion of the saints. We join with them in praying for them and, and, and again, commending them to the, to the mercy of the Lord. That's right. And I think it's so important for us to have that place to go. As you mentioned, you have an opportunity to drive right by a cemetery. Maybe a lot of people, they may be working, whether it's Gethsemane, whether it's here at Mount Calvary. And some parishes have their own cemeteries as well. Right, And we've got our Eugene Catholic Cemetery as well. So these are places that we go that provide, I think, comfort and help in time of grieving and to realize I'm not alone. Um, But death isn't the end. Death is, we're changed Mm -hmm. when death happens, um, but it's not a period. Yeah, you know, one of, one of the uh, prayers that is associated with the uh, a burial, you know, the, there's three three stations, if you will, uh, generally, uh, primarily, to, to the Catholic funeral rite. There's the wake or the vigil service before the funeral. You know, this is usually a time of prayer. Uh, there's a prescribed ritual of the church for prayer at that vigil for the deceased. Sometimes a rosary is prayed. Uh, remembrances are given. Of, the, of, of the, our loved ones, eulogies are given. Then there's the funeral liturgy itself, usually a mass uh, celebrated in the parish church uh, where the community that this person was a part of comes together to honor and commend this, their loved one, their brother or sister to, to the Lord in the, in, the, in the context of the community of faith in the church. And then there's the burial. The third station is, is at the cemetery. Um, what's, there's, a, there's a disturbing trend and I'm speaking to all of my brothers and sisters out there and, and, and the members of the flock entrusted to my care. Uh, please hear me that don't rush mm-hmm. through the, the experience of, of the funeral rites of the church. The, the, the funeral rites of the church are, are well thought out, both from a spiritual 
and, and religious and theological perspective, but also very much from a human perspective. We need to grieve. We need to gather. We need to pray. We need to remember. We, we can't rush this. And the trend is that I was going to start to say, the trend is to rush through this. And, and I, I'm sad to say sometimes it's, it's uh, you know, when older people have died, it's younger family members who maybe aren't as, as close to the faith as their, as their parents or grandparents were. And so it, it doesn't mean as much to them. And they just want to kind of get it over with, do it as short as possible, kind of do shortcuts. Let's not do all three stations. Let's just do it all in one, in one fell swoop. Um, maybe not even go to the cemetery. Um, but there's wisdom here in experience mm-hmm. in the church to go through this this ritual of saying goodbye, this ritual of mourning, this ritual of remembering, this ritual of praying, this ritual of hope. But part of the church's liturgy I love at the cemetery speaks of, I won't get the words exactly correct, but it's, it speaks of the grave being a sign of hope, mm. even as it uh, claims our mortal body. And I think that's such a beautiful image, that even as the earth claims our mortal body, the grave yet is a sign of hope of the resurrection. Jesus was buried. Let's not forget that. Jesus was buried, and not with all of the rituals that the Jews would have prescribed at the time because it was the Sabbath and the Sabbath had already begun, but that's why the women went back the next day with the oils to conduct mm-hmm. the proper burial rites of the body of Jesus. Of course, it was too late. <laughs> he had already risen. But Christ's tomb is a sign of hope. That, that was something that, that struck me. I had the privilege of visiting the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem and going into the tomb of Jesus. And I, up until the moment I walked into the tomb, actually you kind of have to almost crawl in, uh, I'd always thought, well, this is, the, this is the tomb. This is the sepulchre. This is where Jesus was buried. But only it was after I got in there and was praying in there and laid my hand on the place where the body of Jesus lay did it dawn on me this is the place of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. This is not just the tomb where Jesus was buried. This is where he rose from the dead. And suddenly it was overwhelmed by, wow, this is where Jesus rose. This is the So the tomb of Jesus was the place of the resurrection. This is the image that we should think of as our, the graves of our loved ones or in the mausoleums where maybe sometimes cremains are, 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 are laid. That this place of burial is also the place of hope because it's the hope of the resurrection. It's where this body will be raised on the last day. uh, And just as Jesus was, was risen. And that's, that's the beauty of, of, of our Catholic tradition of remembering the deceased. Well, I think we can be fearful of a cemetery, a graveyard, and, and we can have those fears where you're just bringing light into that and reminding us of the hopefulness that we should have. So to not, to not turn away from thinking about death, but there is a purpose in God is renewing us and renewing us to be with him. Well, you know, <clears throat> honestly, I think we, th- we should think about death every day. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that may sound morbid to some, but, you know, why are we, we've got this horrible 
uh, there's there's almost like you know we don't talk about death you know we uh, I I knew a, a once a, a wonderful family back in in my previous diocese in Michigan the whole family was just had this morbid fear of death they just it was like it was like almost something we didn't even want to acknowledge existed we have nothing to fear about death it's it's something that we will all face and it's it's something that awaits us at the end of our life on this earth but it's not something that that we should have this sort of morbid fear of. Uh, yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's. I mean, I don't pretend to, to to think that facing death is an easy thing, but that's part of the, the tragedy of, of of sin and the, and the results mm-hmm. of original sin is that we have to we have to experience death. But death is transformed in the Paschal mystery in the death and resurrection of Jesus. So again, death is a passageway uh, to the other side. I heard recently, and I'd never heard this expression before, and it was actually. Uh, 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 it was, a, it was a, a phrase that Dr. Scott Hahn, that many people know, uh, used in a talk uh, uh, that I was at recently that he gave. He says, and he was quoting somebody else, he says, we're only in this world to get out of it. Mm-hmm. We're only in this world in order to get out of it. We're passing through. This is not our, our ultimate home. We're pilgrims, and we're here only to get out of here. Uh, and and get to heaven and to be with God forever. So, yeah, that's I think part of the the whole spirituality around the grave. Honestly and truly, as I said, I drive through the cemetery, you know, almost every day, and uh, either coming or going, or sometimes both. And I, when I drive through the cemetery, I don't have this sort of you know people have this like creepy feelings around cemeteries and they're creepy places and scary places. I've seen way too many horror mm-hmm. movies, right? I drive through and I see the sun shining down on the green grass and the markers where people are, are laid to rest. And I don't, I just, I kind of get an uplifted feeling actually kind of driving through there that, that uh, these are, these are, there's a great cloud of witnesses, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that we're a part of that are watching over us too. And, and uh, we're united to them even in death. Absolutely. Life is worth living, as uh, Venerable Archbishop (laughs) Fulton Sheen would say. And I think that's just as we approach this time, uh, we'll close with the Ascension, uh, the coming of Pentecost to close the Easter season, to respect the body, to to help grieve as we, we recognize the loss of our loved ones, but to find great joy in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And with that, would you please help us close with your blessing? Yes. And during this Easter season... Uh, and through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon all of you, fill you with life and with his grace, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And we do thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to joining you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie. Until our next encounter, may God be with you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. 
and thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.